All right, how we doing, guys? That was fun. Thank you, Brock, for leading us, getting the energy rolling this morning. It's hard waking up whenever, like, I mean, some of you guys haven't been in a school for, like, 10 straight months. That's my case, even as a teacher. And so, like, this might be the earliest some of you guys have woken up all break, and I get that. Um, I've seen some people from Monmouth here. I've seen some people from Blue Springs. I know there's a bunch of Midtowners. Do we have anybody from any other churches than those ones I just listed? If so, could you tell me? Oh, we got some people from over the pond. Are you guys home? I don't even remember anymore. London, London, England. I wasn't sure. Like, I was pretty sure you guys are still there. But then you said something last night that like we're home now. That's probably just for Christmas. Okay, I'm dumb. Sorry, forgive me. Uh, But welcome from London, from Blue Springs, from Illinois, um, and Midtowners. I always feel like super pumped, and then like nervous, and then like. Yeah, like sweaty and then like hopeful and all these different things are just like all over me whenever we have mission focus and then whenever I'm asked to preach something, then it's just like compounded way worse. So um, be praying for me because <laughs> we want to hear from the Lord, right? Um, were you guys here last night? Yeah. Okay, so some of us are here, some of us paid attention, some of us are excited about having been here last night. It was a really good word. I'm I'm excited to hear what God continues to show me um, and show our student ministries through this time. But we're going to jump right into it. We're tracking a little bit behind. we got a lot of ground to cover. Um, but I'm going to start with a story. So I thought this was going to be all Midtowners. So I'm going to be referencing a guy named Mitch. You guys might all know Mitch anyway, even if you're from one of those other churches, because he's just like a guy you know. Um, Okay, so over the past week or so, Mitch and I have gotten to spend some really good time together. Mitch is another counselor in the junior high ministry, which we're in together. Um, But we got to spend some really good time together because Jerry and I had been thinking about, uh, for a while now, just finishing a part of our basement. So we're like, yeah, we could add a bathroom. And we could add this area so when students come over, they can hang out there. And it won't, like, wreck our upstairs. And if it's really messy down there, then cool. Um, And we'll put a wall up right here so that... All that junk that's in your basement, inevitably, is just like kind of hidden, right? So I was strategizing this with Mitch, um, wanted to do all that stuff. But the short of it is, I started to ask Mitch some questions because, you know, like if you guys know Mitch, Mitch builds things. He builds stuff consistently. He's really good at it. He's really fast. Um, So I was asking him some questions. I was getting his insight. And that was just because I didn't know how to do them. Whenever you think about building stuff, it seems really, really straightforward, really simple. Like plumbing is just pipes attaching, right? And then water goes through them. And walls are just pieces of wood that are nailed in a certain way. And then drywall is hung on them. And it seems really straightforward, but there's actually really specific ways that all those things are done. And I don't know how to do them. So I was like, hey, Mitch, can you help me out? So Mitch is telling me all these different things. Um, He's showing me how to do those different things. Framing, concrete work, plumbing. Seems easy enough, but because I didn't have the experience, I wanted to invite somebody in that did. So the first day that we were together, he actually came over. um, We mapped out this plan. And I just kept telling him, we we started getting to work. I I kept telling him, Mitch, just treat me like I'm a total idiot. Please, like, just treat me like I have no idea what I'm doing because when it comes to this stuff, I have no clue what you're talking about. He's using this whole different language. Like, does anybody here know what rough in means? There might be like three of you roughing in. Okay, so people that have done their basement or done construction work, they're like, yeah, I know what that is. That's like tearing out your basement. It doesn't matter. He's using this whole different language, and I'm just like, please slow down, treat me like I'm an idiot because I'm an idiot. In that context, I was ignorant. 
And Mitch would explain these things to me really quickly, how Mitch does. He's like, why don't you get this? This is so simple because he's been doing it for 50 years. Um, He thought it was as simple as it could be, but I just couldn't get my head around it. I'd just be like, yeah. But I I really didn't grasp it. Uh, I didn't understand the language. I couldn't see it. And it wasn't until Mitch just started doing all the things for me that I could see them um, and I could get my head wrapped around it. So we're going to start in that same type of place this morning, along those same lines, ignorance. So in 1 Corinthians 12.1, if you guys want to start turning there on your phone or in your Bible, that's going to be our key passage. If you don't have either of those things, for whatever reason, all the verses will be up here. Um, If it's hard to flip places, just track track with the message. I want you to hear what God has for you out of this passage. But in 1 Corinthians 12.1, Paul starts this chapter um, saying... Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, so he's writing to a church in Corinth, believers there. Concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you ignorant. So I'm super ignorant when it comes to all these building things. Paul says, hey brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't want you to be ignorant about this big deal, this big thing in the church, spiritual gifts. And that's my heart this morning too. Um, I, I know that this topic has all sorts of things surrounding it. You can get it all confusing. It can get really stressful. But what we want to do this morning is just make it really plain. In the Bible, there's three main spots where God highlights um, spiritual gifts. Paul writes letters to the Romans, to the Ephesians, and where we'll spend most of our time this morning, to the Corinthian church. And in those three passages, Paul explains what spiritual gifts are, because the church at Corinth was, frankly, just kind of making a mess of it. Um, There's people there that didn't understand. They They were ignorant. That's why he says that word. There are people there that didn't understand what the gifts were. There's people there that didn't understand how they played out in their lives. There are people there that were focused on the wrong things. So Paul uses that word ignorant because he knows that there's some lack of understanding. And I wanted to make a point of that because I think, if if we think through it, like if I asked you, I was going to do this, we're not going to do it because we don't have time. If I asked you to name the spiritual gifts, I think we might get like four of them. So that means we have, we have some ignorance as well. And I'm not saying that as condemnation. I'm saying that as invitation that we could learn this morning. We could grow in our understanding so that we're not, like Paul says, we shouldn't be ignorant. So our hope is this morning to make that plain. But I'm going to pray because we do have a lot of ground to cover. And this is, it could be, you could get all sorts of lost in the weeds. So, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the fun it's been already. Thank you for what you're going to do. I trust you right now. I yield to you. I, I don't have anything to give, but Lord, I know that you've given me your word and you just want to speak to the hearts of the people in this room. So would you do that, Lord? Would you have your way? Would you speak in a way that is powerful? Would you, would, would you communicate right to our hearts so that, Lord, we can have this understanding, but that it would have impact in our life for the rest of our lives. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to engage in this battle against ignorance um, by answering three key questions. So these questions are going to be here for a second. Don't freak out if you don't get them all written because they're going to pop back up. But those three questions are, what are the spiritual giftings according to the Bible? What is the purpose of these giftings? And then based on that information that we learn, what should we do about that? Okay, so the first question, what are these spiritual gifts? Um, We don't have time to march through all the verses even in this chapter. So if you want to study this for yourself, 
these are the passages that all the spiritual gifts are kind of laid out in. And I wanted to make it really, we're not going to read through these, but I wanted to just make it really clear. I'm not just making these things up. They're not just fabricated from, oh, I think that's a gift. That's cool. No, they're all right here in the passages. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4. If you want to look at this later, you want to, you want to figure those things out to a greater depth. That's, those are the places that you should look. Um, so if you counted them real quick, or if you spent some time looking into this, you'll see lists. People come up with lists of about 19 spiritual gifts. So I said we could probably come up with four. Maybe I was low-balling low us, but there's, there's as many as 19 spiritual giftings. So that's pretty crazy to think about. And when you talk about spiritual gifts, it's really easy to get in the weeds really quick, right? You're like, man, what gifts still exist for the church today? Or what does that word mean? Or which ones does, has God given me? So we can get into those weeds. We can get into that focus really quick. But before we get there, um, let's look at just a couple of quick facts concerning these spiritual gifts that are listed in these th three different passages. So these quick facts come from the context surrounding those, um, those giftings. So Paul says um, in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 6, Now there are diversities of gifts. There's, there's diverse gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but is the same God which worketh all in all. Okay, so two quick facts about spiritual gifts from that. There are differences in how these 19, however many you label, however many you number, there are differences in how these spiritual gifts manifest or are observable in people's lives. So I might have, God might have given me at salvation a little sprinkle of faith. And he might have given Jeff a little sprinkle of faith. And it, and it manifests, it looks different on each of us. We wear it differently. In addition to that, um, there's, there's differences in how those gifts can be applied into roles within the church. So we both got that faith, and we're doing pretty similar things now. Um, but maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just a full-time evangelist. That's just what I'm, I'm bent to do. I'm going to do this all the time. Okay, so I say that up front because we're going to look at all these different things. And I'm going to even show you pictures of people that, man, the leadership in our team were like, I think these people embody this really well. Um, but I don't want you to get stuck in this mentality of, I've got to look just like that person in order to, be like, like, to have that gift. That's not the case. There's diversities in how these things end up playing out and where they can be applied. So that's the first quick fact. And then the second one, it didn't seem very, very quick, did it? That sounded kind of like laborious and long. <laughs> that was hard. Uh, the second one is that while there are differences, they all come from the same place. That's very clear as you look through this passage. God is incredibly clear. You don't just like magically pick up these gifts from some random person or through some experience. No, they come from one place, that same spirit, that same Lord, that same God. When you were saved, these things were deposited into your life as you were made a new creature. That's the reality. Okay, so what are they? Let's get into it. <laughs> there's going to be banners, and they're going to they're going to be there's going to be words of wisdom, and there's going to be pictures behind it. I'm not saying that these are the only people that represent words of wisdom. That these are like there aren't a ton of other people that have them, or that these people are only these things and not the other things. That's that's just not the case. So if you're not from Midtown, this is going to be a little like, <laughs> what the heck is that? That's Young Rhonda. <laughs> Okay, so let's march through these things. Word of wisdom. Giving insight. So what is that? It's giving insight 
as to how problems can be solved by biblical principles. So if you look at these people, you're like, man, I've had a conversation with them, and they just used some biblical principle, and they just smacked it right on my problem, and I was like, well, I know exactly what it is that I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to move forward. A word of knowledge. This is the ability to go through the word of God, see what is there, and lay it out for others to be able to understand and do something with it. I don't know that, and I'm not trying to puff up Mark, but man, that guy can teach a 10-year-old. Like, I just think about all church retreat. That guy's teaching 10, 11-year-olds and 70-year-olds, and everybody's getting something because he just lays it out so plainly. And there's so many gifted teachers and preachers in our fellowship that can do that, and I praise God for it. The gift of faith. This is in encouraging others to act in recognition of who God is and what he has promised. These are, these are mobilizers. These are people that are saying, man, I see the circumstances. I see that 2020 has been this garbage butt year, but we're going to keep, keep at it. We're going to be about the mission. These are mobilizers. These are people that are going to trust God no matter what their circumstances look like. You've got prophecy, the ability to see God, what he's doing, and communicate it to others so that they can get involved. I think I've got, got Jeff up there. Jeff is like... Jeff is like getting people moving before, he's like, I think I know where God's going. And he's like starting to move people before he even like has half the details figured out. I'm like, how are you doing that? That feels so uncomfortable to me. He's like sending out the messages. This is what we're doing. This is how you can be a part. And I'm like, do you have a single detail? And he's like, no, and we're rolling. And it, man, I need that in my life because I'd sit there for weeks on end trying to figure out all the little minutia of what the plan is before I ever moved. We're benefited by these different giftings, if you can't see that yet. Spiritual discernment. Some of you guys like to like, try and put on this facade, or like I'm, I'm hidden. It's easy to hide behind the mask now. Maybe it's a little harder to be discerning. Um, but these are the type of people who can just read you. I was thinking about this. Can't Pastor Morgan's up there. Ken, would you ever even dare lie to your dad? He's like, no. <laughs> I imagined that when I was thinking through this. I was like, if I tried lying to Kenny Morgan... I wouldn't even get to finish it. And he'd just be like, you're full of crap. <laughs> you just cut me. I, I don't even believe it's possible because he's just so discerning. This is the ability to discriminate between the false and the true and act accordingly. Okay, so teaching. People that just lay it out plainly. They make it, they make it plain. They, I can't get this. Will someone help me? They're just really good at finding based on the age, based on the season of life, based on all these different things. They incorporate that stuff and they teach us. We've got helpers. They fill the gaps. They'll, they'll plug into any different role in the church. They'll just step up and say, I'm willing, and they can see that in advance. Thank you. <laughs> the clicker. Yeah. I, when you want to get good pictures of people, you just, like, screenshot Facebook. <laughs> I didn't have time for anything else. That's what I did. Or websites. But these people, they're willing to just stand in whatever gap exists. They're able to see those where other people are just like focused on other things. They're just like, there's going to be a problem right here in about seven minutes if I don't go like, do this thing. And they do it. And they're willing. And they do it gladly. Um, the gift of governments. These are people that they can just organize the mess out of something. I don't know if you guys know Julia Bruce. Some of you guys had her. In, yeah, some of you guys have her right now. She just keeps like this detailed planner, color-coded. Every little thing is in order. If there's, if there's a date in the calendar, like she's got it and it's, it's ready to go. Um, these people keep us moving the right direction with that organization. Then there's ministers. Um, <laughs> look at that dude. <laughs> Where did he even get that? He's looking fire. So that wasn't a profile picture, but I clicked on Chris Miller's profile and then that thing popped up. I was like, money, <laughs> <Dad>. <laughs> got it. Um, these are people 
It's similar to helps. They're willing to just minister. They're willing to give answers. They're willing to sit with people, um, serve people, all the things. Exhortation, almost done, few left. Exhortation, giving words that, man, I'm in this funk. I'm, I'm beat down. I'm feeling low. These people give us words of encouragement from God's word so that we can move forward in faith. God has given us all the ability to give, the privilege of giving, but some people are just like, yeah, I'm going to give some wild degree. Like, I'm, like, I'm just going to give because I know what the words, Word of God says about it. God's going to bless me for doing this. He's going to pour out blessing because of me being willing to share with other people. Uh, we've got people in our church that embody all these different things. Ruling, it's so good to be, like, if there's anyone in Kaya here, which there are, you're like, man, I love following Brandon. He's, he's, he's passionate and he's stern and he's orderly and he wants things a specific way, but he's also a dad and he's also easy to follow. And the same is true with so many different people in our body. Um, I kind of suck at this one. Like, you do me wrong, you do me dirty. I want to, like, I just want something bad to happen to you. <laughs> like, in my flesh, I'm like, you jerk. <laughs> I'm not super merciful, but there's people in our body that are just long-suffering. They forbear. Um, yeah, they're, they're wired differently. And then last one, we've got some evangelists. <laughs> I like all those pictures. Larry Smith is a hoss. I don't know if you know him, but he's a hoss. Okay, so we have all these different giftings. We have all these different applications. We have all these different places they can play out. Um, and that brings us to key point number one. If you are saved, God has given you a unique combination of gifts. He's given you a unique combination of gifts. I'm of the snowflake opinion. Some of us had snowflakes on our car. They are like plastered there this morning. No two snowflakes are the same. I think it's no two blades of grass are identical. I might be a lie. I might have made that one up. No two stars are exactly the same. I believe that, and this is, this is just an opinion, um, our giftings are the same way. God has given us this unique blend of giftings and he's given us multiple instances and places where we could apply those things, but we're unique. And we look at all those examples of people in our church. Maybe you're thinking about the people in your church, and you're like, those people just got special helpings. Those people just got more, way more than me. I could never do that. I could never be that big of a giver or a helper, an evangelist, administrator. I couldn't do that. That's a lie. That's not true. Those people that you just saw. Some of them are your parents. Some of them are your family. They give us such wonderful examples, but they're, and I say this with reverence because I love them all, but they're not special and they're not different than us. God has given each of us spiritual giftings as well. Okay. Who has seen this show? (laughs) Okay, so some of us have been spared. Who can name the three little girls on the screen? Blossom, Buttercup, Bubbles. So these are the Powerpuff Girls, if you've never seen it. So this was like Cartoon Network when I was 12, something like that. I can't really remember. Um, It was just on all the time. So we have Buttercup, Blossom, Bubbles. And these girls were, like this is the story, it's kind of weird. These little girls were made by their professor dad who had a lab in his home. And he wanted to create these, I don't know why, like, does he have a wife? What's the issue? Like, what's going on? I'm not sure. Um, But he wants to create these perfect little girls. 
So he, okay, for 500 kingdom bucks, yeah. made up currency, for 500 kingdom bucks, what are the ingredients that he puts together? <laughs> Trevon was the first hand I saw. Just give me one. Sugar. Celia? Um, spice. Aaron? She forgot. Sugar, spice, and? Chemical X. <laughs> Sugar, spice, everything nice are the intended ingredients. The professor dad says, I'm going to blend these perfect girls and I'm going to make them and they're going to be awesome. And then he accidentally knocks over the chemical X. So Rajan was actually right. And then they become these super power girls. It's weird. Okay, so that's where the picture breaks down. <laughs> that's where the picture breaks down pretty clearly. But when you got saved, God made you new. So you still have that fleshly nature. Why are you calling me? Come on now. <laughs> Leave me alone. When you got saved, God... He, he made you new. You still have that flesh bag that you're toting around that wants to, like, wants to be pleased, wants to do all those old things that you did in the flesh. But you have this new nature. And in that new nature and with that new nature and with the sealing of your salvation, whenever you placed your faith in Christ, you got, like God went to his spice cabinet and he, he pulled out a pinch of faith and he pulled out a teaspoon of exhortation, a little pinch of teaching, and he put all those things together, and he didn't put any chemical X in there. <laughs> he did it well. He did it good. He made you new. Praise the Lord. <laughs> like, it's not us just trying to figure out and manifest, like, make up, like, being good and all this stuff. No, you're, you're gifted. Like, you're, you're kind of special. I'm not trying to say that so that you're like, I am. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's me. You are, but you're not at the same time. God has given you things that empower you to do the things that he's called you to, and that's awesome. Okay, let's look back at those quick facts just real quick. There are diverse, there's all these different gifts. Um, there's differences in how they're administered to you, and then there's differences in how they actually end up being operated, like how they end up playing out in the church. So as we continue in this passage in 1 Corinthians 12, consider how has God made you? What role might he want you to fulfill? What place does he want to fit you in? Because you can't be walking around ignorant of the things that God has given you. You've got to figure that out so you can fulfill your purpose. That was question two. It's a great question. Let's answer it. What is the purpose of all these giftings that we've been given? Okay, so we're going to pull out just a couple of verses from these passages really quick. Um, context around those gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 is verse 7. God says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What the heck does that even say, right? God says that the gifts that you have been given are to profit the church body, to benefit the believers that are all around you. Um, it's really easy to label the spiritual gifts on Sam and Chris and Cheryl and all these teachers, all these pastors, all these leaders in the church because we see them exercising them over and over and over on display in front of us. Right? We, we can just see that because we see them on display. What's the purpose of those spiritual giftings? To benefit the body. They figured that out. They started serving. We see them serve. So then we end up thinking they're special. No, they're just faithful. They're just willing. They're, just a, they're, just, they're willing to give of themselves. Okay, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, particularly verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. What's the purpose of these giftings that God has given you? So you can be really cool, so you can have all these different things and be special and everybody can look at you? No. For the perfecting or the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. 
the point of all these different giftings is the edification of God's people. He wants to see people saved. He wants to see people come into relationship with Jesus, move forward with that relationship in Jesus, lead others to do the same. That's the purpose. I'm so thankful. I'm so incredibly thankful that God placed people in my life that were full of faith. They were willing to rule. They were willing to serve and just be a blessing to others. He surrounded me with people. And I'm so blessed by that. So immeasurably blessed. I can't really even describe it. Like There's, there's nothing better that I've ever received. <laughs> I got salvation, number one. And then I got just this wonderful family surrounding me. But I get to be a blessing to others too. We get the privilege of serving um, those, this local body. So that's key point number two. God has given you gifts to fulfill a role within your local church body. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, but God has given you those, those pinches, those teaspoons, those measures of gift so that you can fulfill a role in the church body. So I just told you the benefit for me, like how good it is for me, but even beyond me, even beyond just this like person-centered um, purpose, the real purpose of our spiritual giftings is to glorify God. That's, that's the real purpose. That's why we've been given what we've been given. And preach the gospel. Because that adds to the body daily such as should be saved, and that glorifies God. Double whammy. Love kids in kid town. In your, in your kids' ministry, because that builds up the church and that glorifies God. Serve on the worship or the tech team. Be faithful to a Bible study instead of being flippant and there once every five months or something. Be faithful there because you're benefiting the body. You're glorifying the Lord. Do something. Encourage one another. Serve one another. Pray for one another. Love one another. Suffer with one another. Show mercy. Study your Bible. Give counsel when God gives those things to you because you're glorifying the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10 31 says, and whatever it is that you do, do all to the glory of God. Whether it's eating or drinking or whatever you do, do all the things that you do, all of them, to the glory of God. Okay, so we're essentially out of time. What you see, maybe just write down, that's titled wrong. This is 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 20. I was going to read through this. You guys are just going to read through that this afternoon. That's what's going to happen. Smiley face, right? Thumbs up. They're all into it. In this passage, just real quickly, it's talking about all these different body parts that exist. Okay, think of your body. Think of, like, this is a member. This is a hand. These are all different members of my one body. It's the same is true of the church body. You guys are members of, I mean, Crossroads Baptist Church? Something? Is that right? I can't believe it. Midtown Baptist Temple, um, Monmouth, <laughs> Maple City Baptist Church, Monmouth Church, <laughs> whatever you are. You guys are part of that body as individual members. So in these verses right here, it's saying, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? We, get, we sometimes get in this way of thinking, because I'm not in this prominent position, because I'm not fulfilling this really cool role, I'm not even going to be, like, I'm not even part of the body. If you look at verse 18, this is one that has just... It's been exactly what I've needed in so many different seasons of life because I wanted to tell myself these same things. Oh, I'm not special, therefore I'm just going to kind of check out. No, verse 18 says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. So there, there's no questioning it. Like, am I in the right spot? 
Am I, am I doing, like, what, what should I be doing? God placed you in the body in a way that pleases him. Your giftings, there's a specific piece. There's a specific puzzle piece that you could fit, you could fulfill. Um, so while we are diverse in our giftings and our roles, as a church, we're unified in purpose. So you, you, you got these different measures, these different makeup that makes you different wiring but it's all supposed to fall out to bring glory to the Lord, to fulfilling the Great Commission. I'm so thankful that we don't have to look and act and be just the same. Like, I don't have to, for me to be faithful, for me to be spiritual, like, I don't have to just try and act like Sam all the time. Like, I don't have to do that. I don't have to be like Brian. I don't have to be like Bo. That's, that's not the goal. I just get to be like Jesus as he's wired me, as he's made me. And that's really freeing. We're designed to fit within the rest of the body. And a hand is actually pretty amazing if you think about it. Like it's super dexterous. It can pick up the post-it notes. It can flip through them. It can write things. But only in conjunction with the rest of the body. If you cut my hand off, it's just a nasty thing on the ground, right? That's, that's sick. And it's not very useful. <laughs> it's just flesh and bones and bloodiness and nastiness. So what am I talking about? That's, that's just creepy, Josh. That's strange. While a hand is amazing, it's far less amazing when it's not connected to the body, when it doesn't understand its role, when it's not working in perfect, like my hand's actually pretty worthless when it's not working in conjunction with my mind, my nervous system, circulatory system, Brock could tell you more, all these tendons and stuff. Like it's just a a stupid lump of stuff. But when it's connected, and I could do, I could do, I could play cornhole. (laughs) I could do all sorts of things, amazing things. Like cornhole, no. <laughs> when it's connected to the body, man, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, that's why they call it, like people that aren't able to use all their members, all their faculties, that's why they call it disabled because they're not able to do as much as an able-bodied individual. They can, they can have workarounds. And that's what the church looks like too much. If we're being real, like we ought to be able-bodied, sprinting towards the finish line, glorifying God with every aspect of our life, every aspect of our body. But in some ways... Some of our members haven't figured it out yet. They're not connected. They're not operating as designed. And we're just not functioning at capacity. I, I think our church is amazing. I'm so thankful that I'm here. I think there's whole other layers of glorifying God. Because you guys have those specific giftings. And if you'll unlock them, if you'll plug them into those, like that puzzle piece, I don't know where that's at. It's weird when everybody's trying to be an eye. That's freaky. Don't do that. It's weird if everybody's trying to be the hand so that somebody's notice or the mouth, like a, a body made up of that, that's creepy and weird and wrong and it's not how God has designed it. So don't aspire to things that God hasn't made you. Be you. Fill the part that God is pleased with. Do that. All those different systems have to function together to make up a, a functioning body. You are part of the puzzle. Find out where that is. I'm not a huge fan of puzzles. I don't like them at all. But you figure out where they fit by trying them. <laughs> I think this might fit here. You try it, it fits. That feels pretty good. You're like, dang, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> Out of the 400 green pieces, I found it. <laughs> That's great. That's nice. <sighs> you have responsibilities towards the other members in this body, but they have responsibilities towards you as well. If you don't build relationships, if you don't connect, they can't actually do all the things they've been called to be and do either. So it's, it's a mutual reciprocity that has to exist. We have to buy in so that they, we can be benefited, and we have to buy in so that they can be benefited. And when those things are happening, the Lord is glorified. Okay, so what should I do now? I'm just going to hit a couple of these verses, and we're going to be done. 
1 Corinthians 7, 23, you're bought with a price. And God's given you all these amazing things. God has made you new. God has saved you from your sin. God has shown you the reality that Jesus Christ died for you and that he loves you and you can have a relationship with him. The sinless son died in your place. What a price. God gave you his spirit. He gave you these gifts. He gave you hope when you were hopeless and peace. When you couldn't find that anywhere else, he gave you purpose. And he's gifted you with spiritual gifts. So don't take those things and waste your life serving man. Don't take those things and just live pointlessly, aimlessly. Take those things and glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Because those things are God's anyway. That's the reality. Again, double homework, verses 21 through 31. Be content. Like I'm just going to hit the key point. You can read this stuff later. Be content with what God has given you. Own your role. Figure it out. You're the little puzzle piece. Try yourself out in a role. Can I, God, would you have me to do this? Pray through it. Try yourself out in a role. See if you fit. Because when you fit, then you're, you're benefiting the body. You're glorifying the Lord. So own your role. See its value because God's given it value. Be content. And then the whole chapter 13, after Paul has this big old discussion about spiritual gifts and all the diversities, all the coolness of them, he's like, hey, don't forget to love each other. Don't forget to just be a family. That's what we are. Last verse, for real, for real. And we're done. Didn't put it on there. You can look at that. <laughs> Second Corinthians ten twelve says this. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. When we get into these conversations, when we get into this activity we're about to do where we're kind of competing, we're doing this combined thing, it's really, really easy for an immature Christian or, or an ignorant Christian, whatever, and I'm not name-calling, I'm just saying like for people to compare ourselves against one another. That's a big, big struggle for some people. It, do, it just doesn't make any sense at all. God gave the gifts. God set the people in the roles that they're in. God gets the glory whenever anything goes good. Mature Christianity says, man, Mac led somebody to the Lord. I'm so freaking exciting that God used her. That's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so when I'm finishing my basement, Mitch is just flying around. He's doing things 20 times faster than I ever, maybe not ever could, but that I could in the next 50 years. <laughs> he's, he's moving so quick. He's using language I never had. But you know who's going to feel a lot more confident whenever he finishes his next basement? That's going to be me. Because I sat right there by Mitch, and I learned how to do some of those things. I learned some of that language. I'm going to try things out next time. So the wisdom here, the thing that I'm saying in saying that is... Man, if you have no idea how to study the Bible, get a mentor. <laughs> if you have no idea how to share the gospel, hang out with one of your counselors on a Saturday morning instead of sleeping till like 11. Have some breakfast with them. Work through the gospel passages so that you know how to do that. If you know how to, have no idea how to frame a basement, hang out with Mitch. <laughs> if you have no idea how to do these things, get alongside somebody who does so that you can grow and you can see your place. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Uh, I pray that it was clear. I pray that we're considering our fit, um, that we want to figure that out if we don't have it figured it out. And God, that you would show us even through this activity. Lord, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.